What a day of chaos in the NBA. Season-ending injury to Ja Morant. Long-term injury to Tyrese Halliburton? I don't know. Six games on, all crazy stuff happening. We're going to break it all down. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and a big congratulations to the University of Michigan and their football team for winning the national championship. Huge game from Tyrone Wheatley and Tim Biakapatuka. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com, and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore bball, on TikTok at redrock underscore bball, and on Instagram at lockedonfantasybasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets if you place a $5 bet. That's it. Place a $5 bet, get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Are you a double banger? Should you be a double banger? Well, yes, you should. You watch the video, you listen to the audio, and on video, you subscribe. You hit the bell. Anita Ward style. You thumb it up. Who's a, who's a legendary thumbs up character? Borat. Double thumbs up. And then you drop, drop, drop your comment down below. Um, just do something. I lost Jar today. Man, my team's got a Halley. I'm screwed. I don't. I'm Wing. Like, whatever. Put something down there. W, Riz, Gat, whatever. Drop it in the comments. We're all good and ready to go. Let's talk about the action that we did have on Monday. Did I say Tuesday before? It is Monday. It's Tuesday here. It is Monday, but just news banging everywhere and so many like um, forums that I'm you know, looking to contribute, not to contribute to, like tweets and basketball monster and stuff just all over the place. I'm a little, a little frazzled. Here we are, ready to do this show though. And we will start with the news that we do know that uh, Demetrius Jamal Morant is out for the season. We saw him yesterday out with that shoulder issue and said, oh, he's in a sling. That's it's a little weird, isn't it? And then it was announced that he was out for tomorrow. Went, okay, he's in a sling. And then the Grizzlies just dropped the bomb. and like, nah, he's actually out for the season. Surgery, torn labrum. Okay, that is obviously not great. Now, there's a couple of things we can talk about here with Morant. We have seen this team with 25 games or playing without Morant for 25 games. So we've got an idea. Part of the problem is, is that in a lot of that time, there was no Luke Kennard. There was no Marcus Smart. And they're back. We're still going to have so much dicking around with this team. It's not going to be funny. The number one thing to look at is Marcus Smart is not 100% rostered. He is a must-grab player. You've got to go and add him. The next guy that I would look at is Vince Williams. We saw we had, we had a pretty good look at things yesterday. Now, there was center shenanigans with the three minutes of Xavier Tillman and then uh, Biombo coming in off the bench. But we saw Vince Williams play 36 minutes and Canard play like 25. I'd be very much interested in having a look at Vince, especially in a 14-team league. Canard doesn't really have gigantic upside. Neither does Vince, to be fair. He's not a high-scoring player. He's like a defensive stat accumulator sort of a guy. They're both 14-team league ads, Canard and Vince Williams, with maybe some 12 value. Marcus Smart, you just add everywhere. Deeper leagues, well, Derek Rose is out. I guess they're going to have to recall Jacob Gilliard. Um, that'd be deeper league stuff only. And yeah, then you'll get like just 
more rotation nonsense. You'll get bigger minutes for Zaire Williams, but that's not a 12-team league player. That's like a 14 to 16-team guy. You might get some Roddy in there at times, but what this does mean is this team is going to be trash, obviously. Now, the speculation is going to come through Well, they're going to shut down um, Desmond Bain or there goes Jaron Jackson. All these blocks are going to go away. I don't think we can look at those things and think that they're, they're going to happen or likely to happen or anything like that. Jaron can still get blocks without Jar there. He did get a little boost of blocks the last couple of games. I don't think you need to sell off Bain and Jaron. In fact, it's the worst time to do that because everyone that you try to sell them to at the moment is going to go, well, they're obviously dropping them off because they think there's something bad going on. So in general, I'd probably just hold those players. I think the awards 65 game threshold, also Jaron, by the way, questionable tomorrow too. Santiel Dama, doubtful. The awards threshold might keep things going as well as the player participation policy where they're going to crack down on fake injuries at the end of the season, allegedly. So I think I think for most of the cases, I'm just going to hold on to Bain. I'm just going to hold on to Jaron. If weird stuff happens in April, then so be it. Like we shouldn't be playing then anyway, but we'll see. So I think this one is not super complicated. Just make sure that Marcus Smart is not available. And then we go down to a Williams and Canard combination. Deeper leagues, Gilead and Zaire Williams. Maybe there are more injuries later in the season, and that would mean GG Jackson, Gregory Jackson II, is the guy that we take a look at who could have a two-week run of a top 70 player in April. Do not stash him, but we keep that idea in our heads for GG. So Jaron's already questionable for tomorrow, which is not great, obviously. We got an update on Cade Cunningham. At least it wasn't terrible. Woj and Sham saying he avoided serious injury, which I think we sort of speculated that he might miss this week. He'll miss several games, what they said. But given that they said it wasn't, a, they called it a strain and not a sprain, my fear was that it was going to be a patella tendon strain, which would probably have ended the season, but it doesn't appear that's the case. So it's some sort of muscular thing around the knee, inside, outside, I'm not sure. I would expect Cade to be out for this week. I would prioritize Jaden Ivey over Killian Hayes, over Alec Burks. Burks and Ivy are more likely to have long-term value when Cunningham returns versus Hayes, but they're the guys that we can take a look at. We are going to talk, and we'll talk about it when we get into the Pacers game later, about the injury to Tyrese Halliburton, but let me just state this now. Marcus Smart is your number one priority ad. Timothy John is your next. Timothy John McConnell is the next priority ad out of Cade's replacements, your Ivies and your Hayes's and your Zaires and your Vince, whatever. It's Smart, and then it's McConnell. They are your priorities without... Really too much hesitation, I don't think. And then just to annoy us out of nowhere, Yucca Pertle is out tomorrow with an ankle sprain. Apparently he sprained it at the end of the Golden State Warriors game. Uh, State didn't play through it, but he's out. I don't know whether it costs him more time, but there's no pressure to chew up. Jonte Porter will be a deeper league. I added him in 30 deep today. Actually had to start him because I had so many guys out. But uh, Chris Boucher is the 12-team stream there for the Raptors with Jakob Pertle uh, out at the moment. Just we're getting smashed with news all over the shop today. Let's take a look at some waiver wire trends. Who are the most added players over the last 24 hours? In fact, let's look at the top six players. Number one is Dwop Reith, up 26%. An easy drop for TJ McConnell or Andrew Nampard. He's fine, but Aiton's upgraded to doubtful, so I think he's going to return this week. Jabari Walker will have an impact on Reith. He's not going to be a long-term 12-team league guy. Lou Dort, up 29%. We talked about the value or... <laughs> um, struggles of the value of Dort plenty of times. He had the uh, he had the shit one today. But they've got a strong schedule coming up. So, okay. Kevin Love, really putting up good numbers. Draymond Green, probably returning at the end of this week. Fine. You can add him. He's up 7%. 
Ben Matherin, really strong game from him. He does have an opportunity here to step up. He is in a real hot streak at the moment. I'm not the biggest nine-cat fan of what Matherin does because he is usually pretty empty, but this likely absence of Halliburton will help, so that's okay. And then Neesmith up 6%. Yeah, he should be rostered. I'm guessing he was added today because... There's only six games on, and the Pacers were involved in one of them, but that's fine. A lot of people bailing on Larry Nance. I'm guessing they streamed him in for yesterday's game only. He's more of a 14-team leaguer. No problem with jacking off Jada McDaniels. Get that garbage out of here! Tim Hardaway, fine. Torian Prince, the Lakers have got a good schedule coming up, but he's not a must roster. PJ Washington's injured. You can drop him, and Daron Sharp down 8%. We haven't had a diagnosis on Daron Sharp's knee injury. All we know is that at this point, he still hasn't joined the team in Paris. I don't think he will, but we haven't had an update on that. So we're still um, still waiting for that to come through. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2023 is over. 2024 has started with a bang for fantasy injuries as well, which is not great. But you did something good in 2023. And now, 2024, it's time to build on that. It doesn't have to be sweeping changes. Therapy can help you identify the good. It can help you identify the small changes. It can help you build on them with long-lasting items of or things that you can do in your life to help keep improving at a slow rate because that's what's important. That's what's sustainable. You don't need to do big extreme resolutions, just building with little things. So if you are thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible. It's easy and it's on your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get yourself matched with a therapist. They'll take all those questions. They find someone they think will fit you. You go in, have a chat to them. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You can just change to another therapist though, free of charge, because getting that connection is one of the most important things in starting your therapy. I was going to say therapy journey, but I hate that. That doesn't sound right, does it? Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on NBA. Okay, we are, what are we going to get into now? I think we're, no, we're straight into the games now, aren't we? Um, yeah, let's do it. All right, the first game is the Tyrese Halliburton game. So we're going to talk about it. They they win somehow against Boston, 133-131. We'll start with the Celtics, who had no Jason Tatum and Sam Hauser. Um, Porzingis, 38 minutes, 19-6-7 with three blocks with his poked eye. Jalen had 40 with three threes in 38 minutes, and Holiday played 38 minutes as well. They're in a stretch of, of a lot of games here as well, so just be aware of this. 21-6-6 for Drew. Derek White, who'd been obviously just cranking, he is uh, sliding. He's 85th over his last five games. He's 45th over the last two weeks. He's down to 31st for the season. And, and I talked a lot about this, how I was off on, on White, which is crazy for me to be too low on Derek White. But there were a lot of things he, would doing, he was doing, which were just crazy, like insane best shooting ever, best steals ever, best blocks ever, crazy numbers. I still think he's had a really good season, but we're seeing some stuff fall off. 13-3-6, 25% shooting, dropping down. We're not, don't do anything stupid with it. But he dropped off. 32 for Al Horford, 32 minutes, 11 and 6 with three threes. They've got a back-to-back for their next set of games. So Horford's going to sit one of those, whether it's Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not sure. He also shot horribly 25%. We got 23 minutes out of Peyton Pritchard as well. 14 and 7 with four threes. They were getting a bit funky with the Shea Brissett playing 16 minutes. So yeah, let's look, let's talk about Halliburton though. I don't know what happened. I, that's not true. I know what happened. He slipped and sort of legs akimbo and strained something. And it was bad. He was in significant pain. He couldn't walk. He had to be carried to the locker room. He looked like he was in tears. I can't confirm that because I wasn't up there rubbing under his eyes to see if it was wet, but it looked like it hurt a lot. The diagnosis from the Pacers is hamstring strain. Let's get a couple. I've already had these discussions slash arguments with people on Twitter already. Let's get this this done. 
a hamstring injury. I don't know the severity of it. We'll find out tomorrow at some point. Given the nature of it, the fact that he couldn't walk, most people, you, you ping a hammy and you can sort of walk and limp off. This looked terrible. The fact that you can't walk with a hamstring is is a bad sign. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't know that that means he's out long, long term. But it is a bad sign. Normally, you ping a hammy, you sort of limp off, and, and you're like, and you're there. It's, it hurts, and you're out, right? But this was bad. So, a hamstring strain is a tear of your hamstring. I would say this is a minimum, a minimum, bare minimum of two weeks. Absolute bear. I'll actually be relatively stunned if it's two. I'm going to say three to four seems almost best case. Let's say three weeks best case. There is a significant fear that this is a full three to six month injury. And you say, I've never heard of a hamstring strain costing someone six months. The man that played in one of the games later on, Chris Middleton, literally had this happen four years ago or five years, 2016, I think it was. He tore his hamstring. He was out for six months. You do a full grade three all the way through tear of your hamstring tendon, you are done. You need surgery and that is season over. I don't know that that is what happened to Tyrese Halliburton at all. If it's like a grade two, you're talking six, seven weeks. We saw Zion Williamson and his hamstring was you know, a six or seven week one. Then he had a setback on it. There is no way that this is like two days in his back. I just can't see how that is possible on a hamstring. There's just no, that it looks like this as well. So, I'd be preparing for something significant. It sucks for the Pacers, for the NBA, for Halliburton, for fantasy managers. It's terrible. He was on, in tra- on track to start in an All-Star game in Indiana. Um, I don't know that he's going to be available for that. He may, he may not. I would say it's, there's doubt about it. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know. All I know is that the range of this injury is going to be minimum two weeks all the way up to whole season. And I would I'd be putting minimum like three, three issues where I'd be looking around that mark, three to four, and you feel pretty good about it. But the fact that he couldn't walk makes me go, I'm expecting longer. We will find out tomorrow. But just be just be once they come out and say strain, you don't go, woof. Guess they avoided something serious. No, that's not how that works. They can't tell you what actually happened to it. The term tear is like a layman's term, which is a grade three strain. And if they come out and see a grade three strain, they will say Tyrus Halliburton tore his hamstring off the bone, tore through his tendon, he's out for the season for surgery. That is what they would say. But they didn't have an MRI yet. So they couldn't do that evaluation. All they could say is it's a hamstring strain. That's all they can say at this point. And that's what they came out with on the release. So we will get more information on this tomorrow. Hopefully it gets released tomorrow. might be the day after, but we'll get on it tomorrow. So the question you ask is, who is the pickup? It's Timothy John McConnell. They started Andrew Nempard in the second half. This is what they did last year as well. But if Nempard plays 31 and McConnell plays 25, then McConnell is the ad absolutely everywhere. And you were going to ask me this question, Josh, what about a 10-team league? Yes. What about an 8-team league? Yes. Josh, do I burn wave? Yes. I don't care what number the waiver priority is. I value those nothing at all. I don't care about a waiver priority. You add Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, of course you add Tyrus Halliburton. You add um, Timothy John McConnell. If you can't get McConnell, you go to Andrew Nempard in a 12-team league. Nempard had opportunities to start last season. I would say he was relatively mid. His usage didn't really bump up, but he was all right. The problem was this whole team went to absolute shit last season when Halliburton was out. So I would say that the ad is clearly McConnell. It is Nempard next. And then we go to a 
Um, a Matherin who played 29 minutes and had 26, 4, and 3 with two steals, shot really well. He's on a nice little run at the moment, Matherin. It is coming on some interesting efficiency, which I'm not sure sticks, but there is a few more shots to go around. We also saw Buddy Heald play 25 minutes. He had 15, 4, and 3 with two blocks. I don't think this is going to mean that Buddy moves back into the starting lineup, but they ran an 11-man rotation today, so obviously it's going to be one man less with Halliburton out. At Halley's 37 minutes or so, will go through to Nembhard and go through to McConnell, and then some of it will go on to Heald as well. And he moves into more of a 25-minute, 27-minute player, which is interesting enough. So all of that is something to watch. There's so much to talk about in this Pacers team, honestly. Because my old nemesis, the man that I will not stand by, Jalen Smith decided it was time for him to pop off and have 11 and 9 in three blocks in 27 minutes. Further adding to my frustration of this guy being an unbelievably interesting permanent fantasy player, and then he comes out and dicks us over with 27 minutes. We're like, oh, I guess we've got to consider him again. So he's back on the 12-team menu. As for McConnell, he had 12-4-7 and seven with two steals in 25 minutes. That's a must-roster player. Nempard, you look at his stats and go, what's so exciting? There was nothing exciting. He's not an exciting player, Andrew. He played 12 minutes. He had 9-0-3, but he did have like four fouls. So he was like four fouls in seven minutes. So that's why his minutes were limited. Luckily, his coach fouled him out. Bruce Brown, maybe he gets more minutes, but he played only 21 here. So maybe the rise in Heald and Matherin is due to Brown versus Halliburton. That's why I'm prioritizing Nempard and McConnell, other way around, McConnell then Nempard, over Heald and Matherin. Neesmith, only the 26 minutes. These are the frustrations with Neesmith. Is there enough there in 26 minutes? He keeps proving me wrong and doing good things. He had 17 points with three threes in 26 minutes, and he's a 12-teamer. So we've got McConnell. We've got Nempard. We've got Matherin, maybe. We've got Smith. We've got Neesmith. I wouldn't hold on to Bruce Brown, but it's hard to drop him when all this stuff's going on. Then the other question's going to come in. What do I do if I've got Miles Turner? Nothing. You can't really do anything. Turner had 16 and 8. Like, not a bad game. Played 35 minutes. But this whole team is going to grind down. McConnell is an interesting, really solid relief player. But he's not Tyrese Halliburton. So shit is going to grind down for this team, and it's really unfortunate. And this, honestly, if Halliburton's out for the season, this team won't make the playoffs. I, pre- I know they won today. I don't think they make the playoffs. He just drives everything of what they do, and they folded like a wet piece of toilet paper last season when he was out. We'll see what ends up happening um, here, but that is your your number one absolute must, TJ McConnell, add. I add him over Nembard. Do I add him over Marcus Smart? Probably not, because I know the Jamarant's out for the season. And I don't know that Halliburton is. But he could be. And I'm expecting three, two to three weeks minimum. And by the look of it, it looked bad, man. It looked like more. And it's not even just about the mechanism, because that's going to be fine. It's the response. It's the fact that he couldn't walk on it. That is bad news. That's the bad part of it, I think. And that's where I get the worry with it. Hopefully, hopefully it's all right. Because, man, he's fun. Who doesn't like him? Some asshole out there won't like him, I know. But he's bloody fun. And it's not gonna be it's not gonna be great. Today's episode is brought to you by Fan Jewel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is over. But there is still time for you to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is it. A $5 bet. Stick it in there, and they guarantee you 150 bucks, win or lose. It is that simple. Best offer they've had in ages. The app is easy to use. 
You can go in there, check out all of your different bet types. And of course, they've got the uh, the old parlay hub. We can go in there and chuck your parlays in there. Maybe you want to do a parlay of props for the Pacers next game and use your knowledge of the value that TJ McConnell brings you to same game parlay some interesting numbers. You can find other people's popular parlays in there as well. Create your own parlays. You can even do live same game parlays over on Fangio. So go to fangio.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Fangio is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. So a lot's happened, obviously. We've got more games to cover, and we're going to do that right now. The Oklahoma City Thunder eventually pull away from the Wizards. You'll also notice a ton of transactions in the NBA at the moment. Like, for example, the Wizards um, just cut Ryan Rollins today. The Jazz waved Josh Christopher. Um, millions of two-way guys going. I also got this question a lot. Skylar May signed a two-way with the Lakers. What do we do there? Absolutely nothing. He's a two-way player who won't play very much unless there are injuries or other trades, and even then we're not doing anything with any of these sort of back-end moves. But that did happen. That did happen. Um, all right. We, uh, Thunder. It was a lot of the same. A lot of the same. Shea, 32-6-5 with three steals. The Bronco, he's on a massive hot streak, Jalen Williams. 21-7-10 and 10 with two steals. Assists are up, usage is up, efficiency is up. He's 27th over the last two weeks. There is a big sell high there, I think. Chet had 31 points with five assists and two blocks, continues to be ridiculous. And Josh Giddy, only the 26 minutes, that's going to be standard. He's not hitting ADP. I think we're okay with that now. Nine, six, and nine with two steals on 36%. Rough game, but some good counters, probably worth a spot. And then, of course, the Lou Dort. It has to happen. Seven points, 27 minutes, 40% shooting, three rebounds, no steals. The frustration in this guy's inconsistency is always going to be there. Just stream him when the schedule makes sense to stream him. Not much else going on. Isaiah Joe knocked in four threes for 16 points in 21 minutes. He's always at least on that stream board for threes, along with Slam and Sammy Merrill, Slam and Sammy Hauser, Norman Powell, Timmy Hardaway, Leaky Beasley. There's so many of these guys that you can look to for that. Well, Aaron Wiggins chipped in with 13 points in 23 minutes, better than the other Wiggins. For the old Wizards, Jordan Poole, it started off pretty bad, and then it ended up with a line that is good, but also not. I don't, I just, I don't know what to do. 24 points, that's good. Four threes, that's good. The yogurt is cursed, zero rebounds, that's bad. Five assists, that's good. Zero steals, zero blocks, that's bad. 47 from the field, it's okay. At 80 from the line, it's okay. So like, it's a sign of life, at least, but I don't know what to do with it. And of course, old mate Wes Unsell Jr. just continues to do nonsense. He was running small with Kuzma at center. Gafford played only 26 minutes, didn't really play in the fourth. I don't even know if he did it all. Nine and nine for him. Kuzma, they just say, well, you're the king of Washington now. Just do everything. 37 minutes for him. 22 and 15 with no defensive stats. Typical Kyle Kuzma. And then uh, Ty Jones had 18 with nine assists and three steals and continues to be solid. They're also back on the, we're going to give minutes to Denny Abdia train. 33 of them, 17, four and four with two threes. If I could, if anyone could explain why he had a run of like five games with 20 minutes, I'd love to hear what it is. And there are a lot of people still rostering Bilal Kulabali. Now he's a, he's a stream guy for sure, but he had five points in 25 minutes with two blocks. The two blocks are nice, but he's not anything that I'm super excited about. Even for stashing, he is still overrepresented on wash, uh, rosters. Also, Shout out to Landry Shamet for having the game of his life. 15 points. He went eight of nine from the line with two steals and two blocks. And I've never seen something that I want to ignore more than this Landry Shamet performance. I do not care. He will not continue to do it. And yeah, like sick. Let's talk about the next one. It was an overtime game. Your Chicago Bulls 119 beat your Charlotte Hornets 112. The Bulls decided they were going to continue to start Drummond uh, over Vooch as they ramped Vooch up. But 23 minutes for Drummond, 21 and 15. Big numbers. Helps when you play the Hornets but only 23 minutes. 
Again, if you are in this position, I said this yesterday, I think there's a 1% chance that they it's a slow ramp up and Drummond might even hold a little bit of value here. But if you do need to drop to add a McConnell or an Empire or a Smart or, or someone who's benefited from these injuries today, then do it. Although this is a really good game. I'm a little confused of the Vucevic minutes limit. Did they deliberately play him five minutes under his minutes limit and then just happen to have five minutes laying over so he could play in overtime? Did they mismanage the minutes limit that much? Or did they just say screw it when they got to overtime and, and played it? Either way, something doesn't add up. Vooch ended up with 30 minutes, 21 and 10. Pretty good game. No free throws, of course, DeAndre Ayton style, but pretty good game. I would expect that he's going to be starting relatively soon, while shoulder soreness legend Zach Levine, dealing with a questionable tag, played 36 minutes. Cool. Good good, uh, good use of coming off the bench. Good minutes limit there as well. Medical, uh, Modern medical marvel playing through right to the tip of that Minutes limit, perfectly planned out by Bill Donovan as well. Nine points for Levine on 22%. That obviously stinks. He had five assists and two blocks. It's actually a pretty good buy-low chance for Levine. He is just mailing in turds at the moment, but it's a good opportunity here. You can jack off uh, Pat Williams. Get that garbage out of here. Re-add him later if trades go down, whatever. I think I would still hold Caruso. He had five points in 34 minutes. 34 minutes is key. He had uh, two steals and a block, but we'll keep reassessing it. While Kobe White played 42 minutes, he had 27, 6, and 5. Didn't have any defensive stats, but so far, Levine hasn't really impacted him. Now, Levine's not starting, obviously, but he still played 36 minutes. And one of the things that we saw that was wrong with Kobe at the start of the season was not necessarily Levine next to him. It was that he couldn't get any shots to fall. And now they are, and it's all right. All right, cool. We're clearly still rostering him. DeRozan had 18, 7, and 7 with three steals. Bad on the percentages, which has been a common thing for DeRozan this season, which is weird to say, but some good counting stats there nonetheless. With uh, all these guys back to Sumu, 18 minutes, not surprising. You go and drop him. For the Hornets, they were without everyone. Lamelo Ball, Mark Williams, PJ Washington, Gordon Haywood, Cody Martin. Everyone was out. Ball, there's a sneaky chance he is back maybe weekend, but who knows? Mark Williams, the, he's, they've said he's out at least another week, so finally... We got some sort of an update that wasn't doubtful. Congratulations, Charlotte. Nick Richards had 10 and 8 with three blocks in 39 minutes. He should be a 12-team rostered player. Rogier had cooled off somewhat, but this is a big game. 39, 7 threes, 8 assists, while Bridges played 40 minutes for 24, 8 and 5 with one steal and two blocks. Really good numbers there. But the one we do want to watch on this team is Nick Smith. 32 minutes, 15, 4 and 3 with three threes. Look at who's out. Ball, Williams, Washington, Haywood, Martin. That is key. But he was better than Brandon Miller today. Now, they said after the game that Miller was dealing with an illness, but he's been bad. Like, he had four points in 31 minutes, 18% shooting. He's the 175th ranked player this season. He's 187th over the last two weeks. And this is with every opportunity being afforded to him. I don't see how he's a must-hold player. I would feel bad dropping him given who is out, but one of these blokes is back, then he's out of here pretty quickly, I think. Smith, I'm watching for late-season shenanigans. He's sort of pushing up at the moment and playing decently well, and should remain in the rotation. JT Thor grabbed eight rebounds with two blocks. With the absence of PJ, that's just a deeper league one, but it is something you'll need to watch. Well, I started Bryce McGowan's, and he has... Um, he's been really, really bad, hasn't he? Like, I thought there was something there with Bryce. Definitely haven't seen it this season. Have not been impressed by him really at all. The Houston Rockets, they took on the Miami Heat. The Heat win at 120-113, at home for Houston. Let's start with Cam Whitmore. There was no Eason and no Brooks, but Whitmore did it again. 17 minutes, 11 and 6 with a steal, 63%. In the last two weeks, he's played 14 minutes a game. 
have a guess where he might be ranked fantasy-wise. Well, you don't have to. I'll tell you. 159 in 14 minutes. You should be just go, hmm. You should do that thing. Like when you talk to a dog and they like lean their head. And you do that and you just go, oh, hmm. Let me keep an eye on that. I said this the other day, I think. that I think he's a better prospect than Jalen Green already. And by next season, I can see Cam Whitmore being a 12-team league player. He's a better prospect, I believe, than Tari Eason. Eason's still out. Don't know when he's coming back. I am not adding Whitmore in 12-team leagues, but I am not far away. I probably wouldn't, and I don't think he's going to have that value. But I'm adding in deeper leagues for sure. He's been great. As for Jalen Green, 11, 5, and 6. Like the 6 assists are nice, but 20% shooting again. Really hard for me to look at him as a must-roster player. Well, Jabari Smith didn't do anything. In fact, he was shit-ass. 10 and 6, 23% with nothing else cracking there. And the wild thing, Jason Tate had nine points in 34 minutes. The good players were Van Vliet, who had 32, 5, and 7 with 7 threes, and Shingun, who had 22 and 11 with three steals. Good games from those two. Not much else cracking with the rest. You can still drop Amen Thompson. You don't hold him in 12-team leagues, please. For the Miami Heat, Jim Butler out. Caleb Martin out. Um, don't know when Jim's going to be back. I'm going to mark him doubtful for Wednesday. Hero had 28 with three... Rebounds and three assists. Adebayo had 22 and 12. Won some bad free throws. And Kevin Love continues to play well. 15, 7, and 4 in 23 minutes. And while Jimmy and Caleb are out, you can use him in 12s amazingly. Duncan Robinson, another solid game. 14, 3, and 7. He's okay to be 12-team streamed. And Jaime Haquez, or Jaime Haquez, played 39 minutes. He is getting so many minutes with Butler out. They are basically just straight swapping those guys. I still do not believe that Haquez is going to remain as a 12-team league guy if players return. He's been like pretty good, but still given the minutes and the opportunities, much like a Brandon Miller. Much better than Brandon Miller, but still not like, wow, these are like unbelievable numbers. And when he cools off, you know, when the opportunities dry up, he should be okay. He's doing good numbers, solid numbers, but in huge opportunity. 14, 4, and 4 is solid. It's not great. It's solid. And he's still rostering for now. But if anyone wanted to offer me a top 100 player, I'd snap it really quickly. Nikola Jovic, big, not big chungus, little chungus. He only had six points, but eight rebounds, six assists, two steals, and two blocks. That's bloody interesting. He started the last couple of games. Even this one with Hayward Highsmith back, he started. I don't think it's going to stick when Butler and Martin return. But those defensive stats and those assists are really interesting. He's been shit most games that he's played in the NBA. Outside of the shooting here, this could have been an unbelievably good game. It's at least something to look at in deeper leagues while Joshy Richardson played 29. This team is still on a real, like, what do we do when everyone's back rotation-wise? Kyle Lowry sprained his hand. That's why he played 16 minutes. He's just a stream guy, but that hurts, obviously. Six points in 16 minutes is not a good result at all. The uh, next one, upset time. The Utah Jazz go into Milwaukee and they knock off the Bucks. 132-116, the final score. Chrissy Dunn, 24 minutes, five points. That stinks, but what about the rest? Four rebounds, 13 assists, one steal, two blocks. This starting lineup has now, I think, won five out of the last six games, so there's no real sign of that changing. Dunn is an interesting deep league guy. Markinen, 21 and 14 with four threes and two blocks. Didn't shoot well, but still good numbers. Horton Tucker remains out of the rotation. Some people are still holding on in 12-10 leagues. Guys, what are you doing? Stop that. I talked about this on a show the other day, saying it hasn't, hasn't been paid attention to, but... Keontae George has sort of fixed the shooting stuff. 19, 6, and 4, 54% shooting with four threes. That's really interesting. There's still a glut with Sexton and Clarkson and Dunn and George. But George is like, hmm, 
all that a lot of the stuff early on when he was starting was like this guy is killing me in percentages he sort of fixed it I don't know if it's going to hold but it's been like 11 12 straight games of pretty good numbers so just keep an eye on Keontae there maybe a 14 team out Sexton only played 18 minutes but he had 19 points a hold Clarkson had 21 4 and 6 in 31 minutes a hold but the problem is I, I still don't know how like, is Clarkson going to play 30 or 18 or is Sexton going to do 26 or 16 or what's going to happen it's all over the shop and the same goes with Walker Kessler Eight points, six rebounds, two blocks in 21 minutes. I'm holding him, but I wouldn't be holding my breath for him to get back into the starting lineup. The Baptist had 19 points with not much else. Johnny Collins, he's a streamer, not a must roster. And Simon Fontecchio, yeah, we can... Uh, my prediction on him came to fruition. Get that garbage out of here. Five points, triple one, 32 minutes. Absolutely not a 12-team league guy, so he can be jacked into oblivion. Oshabash is bad also, by the way, just in case you're wondering. For the Bucks, there was no Damian Lillard. There was no Cameron Payne. So they started Andre Jackson at point guard. And he had seven points in 26 minutes. And we can thankfully ignore him for fantasy as we move forward. Chrissy Middleton, 34 minutes, 23, 3 and 8, two steals and a block. Yanni had 25, 10 and 11 with bad free throws and no, no defensive stats. So not a great game. Lopez, 38 minutes, 13 points, two blocks, which is solid. And Leaky Beasley had 17 with five threes. But they lost without Lillard. Terrible. Should have, should have won this easily. We didn't get any increase in minutes for Marjon Beauchamp. We actually got Bobby Porter's minutes decrease. I know they've got a good schedule. They play a Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, triple quality game, three and four nights to end the week. But there is no way you are looking at Bobby Portis as a 12-team must. Get that garbage out of here. Eight and three in 16 minutes. Connaughton had six points in 22 minutes. And so Beasley was pretty good. But I don't think we need to hold Portis or Beasley outside of that little stream value section. At the end of this week, there's just there's just not enough going on that is good in what they are doing, and this team still needs answers. And then we go to the final game. The Clippers on a back-to-back beat the Suns on a back-to-back. The Suns' woes continue. 138 Clippers, 111 Phoenix. Kevin Durant did, in fact, play on the back-to-back. Idiots. 35 minutes, 30 and 7 with three threes on 59% shooting. Really good game from Durant. Fantastic. Too risky. 20 points for Booker with five assists and Bradley Beal struggled 15 and three with two steals. He's in a bit of a slump at the moment, Bealo. It's always to be expected playing alongside these guys. I think he could be slightly better than this. He's definitely a guy that we want to hold. And Grayson Allen didn't have his best game, eight, three and two with 31 minutes, but he played 31 minutes and I'm still holding him. I'm not dropping him. If I had to make the decision to drop Grayson Allen to add Marcus Smart, I would. If I had to make the decision to drop Grayson Allen to add TJ McConnell, I probably would. Eric Gordon was all right, 12 points in his 25, but that's just a streamer situation. While we got a change to the backup center, it wasn't Chemezi Metu anymore. They went back to Drew Eubanks, who had zero points in 16 minutes with two blocks, while Metu did a bit of garbage time work for four points in eight. While Nurkic played 21, he was just not very good. Eight, three, and two for the Clippers. Jimmy Harden was great, 19, seven, and 10. Kawhi, those extra 90 seconds from yesterday were fantastic. He had 17, three, and two with five steals and a block, and Paulie George, 25 and 7. Zubats, pretty good as well, 19 and 8. Not really a huge amount to talk about here. Uh, maybe we should jack Russell Westbrook? Get that garbage out of here! 15 minutes, 9 points. 7 assists, 2 steals is good. He's like Killian Hayes when he comes off the bench, I guess. You, what do you, stop it. Stop rostering him, please. Norman Powell, good streamer, 14 points with 2 threes. And was finally a good game from Terrence Mann. This is peak Terrence Mann, basically, though, on this team. And he is only a deep league player. 14 points for Mann. In those 28 minutes, yeah, really not a lot to talk about in that um, 
in that last game at all. And now we go into the end of the show. Let's do a stream of the day recap. Let's look at the lines of the night as well. Our 10-team stream of the day was Big Dick Nick Richards. He had 10 and 8, an assist with three blocks. I'm pretty happy with that. Mark Williams still out at least another week. The 12-team stream of the day, not particularly happy. And I did say this yesterday on the stream show. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be confident recommending Lou Dort. But there you go. 7-3-1 and one with a block for Dorta. But the rest worked out all right. The old 14-team streamer was Sticks. Jalen Smith had 11-9 with three blocks. I don't mind him as a 12-team ad. We've probably got some other priorities there, but he's always going to be annoying to try and trust and believe in. The 16-team streamer was Chris Dunn. He only had five points, but who cares? Because he had 13 rebounds. Uh, sorry, four, four rebounds, 13 assists, one steal, and two blocks. And our points league streams were Nick Richards on Yahoo for 30.1, which is good. And for ESPN, it was 36 fantasy points. And... Can't complain about any of that stuff. That's all really, really good. Love it. Love getting things that are good. Um, let's do the Monstrous line of the night. Who do you think it's going to be? Who is your prediction for the Monstrous? This is a guy that doesn't win these very often, but he won it today. And that is the man in Charlotte, Terry Rogier. 39-3-8. And, and let me just soliloquy on Terry for a second. His nickname makes zero sense in my accent because we don't say those words anything remotely the same. One is scary, and one is Terry. It's not scary, scary Terry, or scary Terry. But I know you guys say them the same over in America. So I will never refer to him as scary Terry, because it doesn't make any sense in my accent. Hairy Terry? That sounds like scary anyway. Anyway, the big fella, Terry Rogier, 39 points, 8 assists, sell high maybe, sell high buy low show coming tomorrow. Pay attention, be ready. Uh, what else we got? The waiver wire line of the night. The best performing player rostered in under 50% of leagues. And this man is just rostered in no leagues whatsoever, really. And it's Christopher Dunn, who had 13 assists, one steal, two blocks. He's at least a 16-team league guy, maybe even a 14-team league guy. The Jazz, someone tweeted this at me today just before I was recording this segment. The Jazz are 8-0 and in games that Taylor Horton Tucker doesn't play. Hmm. Is he shit? Yes. Very. Ob- People are still rostering Taylor Horton Tucker in 12-team leagues. Give it up, guys. It's over. I'm not saying that he's the cause of all their losses and the reason he they're winning is because of no, not him. But I'm not ruling it completely out. The young gun of the night. Best first or second year player on the day. And that one does go to a player who was awesome today. And that is the Bronco. Jalen Williams, 21 points, 10 assists, maybe a bit of a sell high as well. On a huge assist streak, big usage streak, big efficiency streak as well. And then the more fun one, let's do the dud of the night. Who was it? Someone rostered in 70% of leagues or more who was the shittest of the day. And this guy was rostered in exactly bang on 70%. So I'm glad I could sneak him in. Punch Bob. Bob Portis, 8 points, 3 rebounds, 0 assists, under 20 minutes. Trending way down. He struggled in the majority of this season. The only reason to hold him is the Bucks schedule into this week. Otherwise, he is jacked all the way off. Let's look at the top six players on today's schedule of games. Who were they? Number one. Well, we already know who number one was. It was Scary Terry. He had... Uh, well, we already had his numbers. I don't need to do them again. Rogier was number one. Van Vliet, two. Gilgis Alexander, three. Jalen Williams, four. Jimmy Harden at five. And Chrissy Middleton comes in at number six. Your top six players, Ross in under 50%. Chris Dunn. Peyton Pritchard, that's like a, uh, a artifact of no Hauser and no Tatum. Sticks, Jalen Smith, interesting. Keontae George, playing very well. Probably not going to be a 12-teamer for a little bit of time, but definitely on the way up. Big Dick Nick, yes. And then Malik Beasley, schedule-wise, sure, but not considering him a must-roster player. 
your top six players in Yahoo point scoring formats today. Number one was Shea, followed by Rogier, Van Vliet, Markkinen, Yanni, and Chet Holmgren. And let's go through our final wrap-up, our final wrap-up of the day of what we need to be paying some attention to here. We are adding Timothy John McConnell. Simple. Um, these are only from things that, that really did happen today, although I did sneak Vince Williams in there. We're obviously adding Marcus Smart, right? Jar's injury, but Smart is roster most spots. We're adding Andrew Nempard. You can make arguments for Mather and Jalen Smith there as well. McConnell, Nempard, Vince Williams as ads. Vince more of a 14-team league guy, but there were quite a few ads that popped up all through the course of the show. And someone asked me if we're dropping Jar Morant. Look, absolutely, of course we are. Just go ahead and move on. They're very easy. And I just, I lost my screen. Who was the bottom one on my list of guys to drop? Was it Russell Westbrook? Could have been. You're dropping him. Oh yeah, the bottom one, got it back up. The bottom one was uh, Mark Williams, who with this uncertainty around his return, I don't think you don't have to drop Mark Williams, but it's lingered on enough. We've got no timetable. It's at least another week. If you do need to make that move, you make that move because it's not feeling like there's anything going to be happening, unfortunately, um, anytime soon. And that is the official end of the show today. Don't forget, be a double banger. Listen on audio, watch on video, thumb up, leave comments, ring the bell, all that stuff. Apologies if your team has Ja Morant. I wouldn't have drafted him because I think he was going too high in most spots anyway. And yeah, that didn't work out for completely different reasons to the suspension. Apologies if you've got Tyrese Halliburton. Maybe more apologies will be in order if we find out that the injury is serious. That's fingers crossed that we're getting a two-weeker. Fingers crossed. I don't think so, but fingers crossed. We'll see. Um, And you know what to do. All the ways that you can support have been awesome, and I have loved them. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening slash watching, everyone. See ya.